that's great because when you play a game, you never know the score till you're done. And that's just like filmmaking, you never know your movie till you're done. Welcome back to another episode of This Industry Life. And I'm your host, Brandon. <laughs> uh, I love it. Never gets old. Who are you? I'm, oh, that's the, you're going with that one? I liked it. Why not? All right, cool. And I'm your co-host, Anthony Wilson. And I'm your very happy producer, Katie Garland Noble. Happy to be with my boys. It's just us three. And Brandon has prepared a topic for us. And yes, so to guide us through our discussion today, I figured I would have a topic so that way we're not just rambling. But our topic today is how do you make a film? It's pretty broad, but I figured um, it was a good topic to talk about because last week we had an investor. Um, We've talked to screenwriters. We've talked to actors. We've talked to everybody. So why not mesh all of our discussions together and talk about how do you make a film? You want to learn how to make movies, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're in the right business, kid. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, how do we start this? It's it's a tough one. So I say we start it where you start the process. Okay. With the idea, with with the the script. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, you have a script. Sometimes people don't have scripts. Yeah, it's true. So where do you guys get your ideas? I feel like in all with all, the way we find stories between all three of us, I feel like it's all cuz you you love war, the war genre and like you grew up uh making like those war stop motion things with the Lego pieces. So I feel like that's personal to you, you know? It's it's definitely personal to you. And I feel like some of the stuff I've read of Katie is also personal to her, I imagine. I don't know. So I think at the end of the day. And you. And me. Yeah, I agree. But even if you want to, because I don't know, people like you'll learn. I don't know. What am I trying to say here? I'm just trying to say that people tell you to like write what you know and stuff. But that doesn't necessarily mean that if you're like a, for instance, if you're in film school right now or in college and you're. 20 years old and you're you know you're on zoom classes and you have a a safe relationship right now with a partner and you, you feel like your life's not interesting Does, it doesn't mean like i don't know does, if, i don't know what i'm trying to say i'm just I trying know, to say is like just because going. like just you can, because you don't have an interesting life doesn't mean that you'll be able to tell interesting stories no i think everyone has an interesting life that's like i think people okay. I, that's I remember what I was just about to say. when i was younger in film school i thought like my life wasn't interesting and then when i was taught to look inward i realized that there it's we're obviously all complex and have interesting stories and something to say and something to put out in the world for others to relate to. But I also just am saying that it doesn't mean you have to make a film that takes place, you know, that the characters have to be 20 years old or they have to be in college or like, you know, it doesn't have to be an identical representation of of exactly what you like. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Is any, you, do you find yourself in any of the characters and, uh, saved by grace or in any of the scenes maybe i don't know i mean i think subconsciously we kind of tend to write that way yeah but i agree um yeah i guess when you're writing a script and you're thinking of character decisions if you're not solely have your mind turned on oh i am this character then your mind will just automatically determine the decision that that character makes mm. if that makes sense no it does make sense so, like, let's say there's a character in my script named Peter. And I was trying to decide the decision that Peter needs to make throughout the script. If I made that decision as Brandon, then myself would show up in the script. But if I made the decision as Peter, then I would be more further away from it. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, I deal with that. I'm dealing with that right now with the Lego movie because I feel like our lead character is way more brave than I ever was, like especially in high school. <laughs> like I was nowhere near what this character is, but I think he just keeps doing things that I'm like, all right, I guess you're going to do that now. And I wouldn't, I don't want you yeah. to do that. Um, but yeah, I think the character definitely has to take over. But then, yeah, subconsciously, it's always the writer's journey and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. hero's journey at the same time yeah but I mean I think there's so many stories and so many ways to write like I think some people can just write their life story and it's like the most touching beautiful thing or if they had like a family member or something and it just comes out and pours out and it's so beautiful um like Juno did you guys ever see yeah Juno Mm -hmm. I haven't but I know the premise of it I love it so much and she Mm -hmm. won an academy award and she had never written a screenplay or anything and it was just because like it was a a story from like minnesota of like a friend and like it just poured out of her so i think there's so many stories that like there's so many ways to tell stories and you just have to i think it's whatever you're most like drawn to like brandon's drawn to you know war Mm -hmm. and you're drawn to more like introspective like kind of just more like character driven Mm -hmm. i would say i mean i don't know if that's a characterization or not but i feel like for at least the story i know of you it's very like um but it's super touching and beautiful you know whereas um i'm drawn to like everything that's again why i'm like yeah it's i love every story any story if it's interesting yeah Yeah, you you do have that as a writer yeah i just yeah because i like you i feel like as a writer you got to have so many just ideas and like i have so many like just half-ass ideas, like just log lines and. Premises. I don't think they're half-ass. I just think you, <laughs> I I like actually respect that you're really de- like dedicated to your script, and then like once you finish that, then you're gonna do other things. Like I'm really really working on doing that with the Lego Movie, and I'm still eighty percent there, but it's better than like seventy yeah, percent. So you it's know, amazing. yeah, it's but yeah, I mean, uh. My mind went blank. I forgot what it's we were good, saying, but, but yeah. But yeah, that's the f- the first process is the the script and the idea and yeah and or the idea and then the script I should say. And what 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 makes you transfer the idea to to the script is an interesting question. I think. I think a lot of it has to do with a passion for the script that you just wrote, and if you're really really passionate about wanting to make it then that's that's what's going to drive you to the end product to actually make it um for instance i'm writing this this short film right now this vietnam film and i've taken a break from it because i realized that i wasn't necessarily that much that passionate about it and i was like it's going to take a lot of fun it's going to do all this so like i don't know i just feel like distancing myself from the script for a while and that's why it's not being made but sometimes you have to take that distance too. Like it's good to mm-hmm. acknowledge like, hey, I don't have passion for this right now. Like to yeah. me, your passion has to drive everything. Because if you don't have passion, then it's like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that should be like the fundamental core thing. I mean, that's kind of yeah, like the hero's journey again. Like the hero has to have like this like inner determination. Like you're, nothing's ever going to stop you. Yeah. And you have to have that as a filmmaker. It's a cool way to look at it. I like... I would say that's why I stopped working on the script is because I was like, why do I want to do this? Yeah. yeah. But see, the thing with you that I've learned is like both of you guys have like total director's minds. So I think for you, what excites you is the being on set and the like, you know, getting. So that's why to me, you're such a director. Like that's where you're at already. And that's where your passion lies, which is totally beautiful. doesn't mean you're not a writer. It just means... Um, you know, you have stories in you. I just, maybe writing isn't your favorite. No, I agree. <laughs> I, I, think, it. I think it's cool. <laughs> I know. <my laughs> That's why I'm always asking other people, hey, do you want to write this idea that I have? The idea I guy. I don't want to go through it. That's okay. Yeah. I like how you related that to the writer is like the protagonist. It's like, yeah, it's like the movie outside of the movie almost. You're like writing this film and then you know the character is going through obstacles just like you are it's like okay how am I gonna write this like your goal is to write this film and you have obstacles like you know 
you're trying to wake up and do a routine to write. Maybe something comes up. Now you can't, you get writer's block, you get a new job. The hours are like, it's funny the journey you take as a writer while you're writing the hero's journey at the same time. Like there's your own little obstacles and second act and it's, it's, all it's I crazy. Think about all yeah. day. Literally yeah. all day. I'm just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 like comparing myself to like where I am in my story. Yeah. Like, you know, and I think there's a degree to which like, you know, you can meet yourself up and be like, Oh, like I should be X, Y, Z or this or that. But like, I think we just have to be easy on ourselves and know that at the end of the day, as long as you're staying consistent, like with anything, you will get there, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really how all it takes to make a movie is you consistently reach all of these little points and then you just keep going. And then if you're lucky, you have people around you that are amazing, you know? You said two really cool words that I think are key. I mean, there might be a third one, but I think consistency and passion. Which kind of go hand in hand. Like I feel like passion drives your consistency, but I feel like those are the two main things you should have inside of you to create what your the idea you have in your head. Whether it's writing it, shooting it, editing it at the end, and distributing it. I feel like you got to have those two things the whole way through for it to come out the way you want, for it to happen. Yeah, it really yeah. does. I mean, for me, and I know I've told Brandon this. It's like my little my little secret that I have that I, but I really believe in it. It's like you treat your movie like it's already, it already is made. You know what I mean? Like, and I did that with the one you feed and I know it sounds really silly, but it really did happen. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think there's power in belief. Even if everyone else tells you like, you're a fucking idiot, you know, which the world will like not believe in you and that's okay. They don't have to. But if you treat your, movie like it's already there mm -hmm. it will come to life i don't know i don't know i just believe in that so strongly and maybe That's it's cool. placebo effect but it worked for me so yeah it's funny how like my mindset as a filmmaker is kind of different as who i am as a person like i don't know i feel like in in my life i don't necessarily believe that like all things happen for a reason sometimes i do but i feel like as a filmmaker i i very much like believe in that uh that uh I guess mindset because yeah, like whether, you know, you're shelving the Vietnam film, you know, and then, you know, you pick up something else. Like, I feel like it all has a, a purpose and I feel like we've mentioned it before. It's like the gut instinct too, and being instinctual and how important that is. Um, it's just interesting. Cause I'm not really like that with anything else, but I feel like when it comes to filmmaking, I feel like you have to be like, I don't know, if you pictured, like, your scene um, with, like, sunny weather and the day you go to shoot the scene that you had scheduled on this day that's supposed to have sunny weather is cloudy. It's, like, some. I feel like me as a filmmaker, I take that as, like, all right, maybe this is what it's supposed to look like for this scene. Let me, like, lean into this. Or I mean, sometimes it's you need it to look a certain way, like, specifically. But um, I, like, I don't know. As a, I feel like with film, you just let the film gods control it whoever they are <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, Tarkovsky I like and whoever's up there <laughs> I feel like that's also part of just being creative is mm -hmm. dealing with every situation that you get in the best right. way that you can yeah and I know we're jumping all over the place now. Like where are we? Okay. We're, we're in writing. Sorry, script. We were, I I jump. I went. I always do that. I always <laughs> go way too like whoa. That's because that's what it is. I mean, every time like. I feel like there's a checklist when you make a film of things you need to do, right? And there's some things you you have to do at a certain time, but like I feel like every time I do it, whether it's a short film, commercial, I mean, sometimes they're very different, but if we're just talking about film, I feel like sometimes I start with other things or I get I have the actor before I have the script or like you know, some, there's sometimes there's just like weird things that happen like that and you just Yeah. You know? Also you say you think the movie's already made before you actually like pursue it that's because it's like already visualized in your head. So right. it literally yeah, is cool. already made. So you're just working backwards to make sure that you can get to that point. Yeah. It's like, I think I said this on an earlier episode too. It's just the guys and girls who, um, were going to the moon. They already envisioned that they were on the moon oh, before yeah. they were actually there. So See, that's amazing. In, uh, hidden figures. Yeah. Yeah. So Whoa. cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the next point, <laughs> uh, pre-production, I guess. Yeah. So moving your script 
from writing and being the most important part. Yeah. I would say it's still a rough draft between realizing you want to make it and pre-production. Um, but yeah, how, what is pre-production? It's just, this guy, (laughs) it's nipping things in the butt before, (laughs) you know, like, like, because when you like make, you know, you have the thing in your head and then you write the script and then you start planning it and you start like realizing some things that you saw in your Mm -hmm. head might not work out the way it does. And sometimes you just like let that be and like you go through pre-production, you go through production and then there it is Mm -hmm. facing you on the day. It's like, you got to let, make sure that all of those are, you know, nipped. That's that's a thing. Um, (laughs) But obviously things always come up, but um, I think that's pre-production. It's like, it's like the best, just it's where you just go crazy and just like get everything you can done and meet with people and get everyone on the same page as you. And like, it's just, I'd say that's when the stress of filmmaking really sets in. Oh yeah. Shooting. It's like, we're in, we're in the zone, like we're we're doing exactly. our thing. But Just pre-production, oh my goodness! Just saying, oh, I need this prop. I need this prop. I need oh, yeah. this prop. I need this prop. <laughs> we need to get this over here, and we got to book this location for this. It's just like ah. See, it's so funny. <laughs> I love. I totally love pre-production. Yeah. Like, I freaking love it. I, I love and know. hate it. You lo- you're yeah. like you're so good at. Like oh, I learned thanks. so much about pre-production from Anthony. Like I really did, and okay, and okay. Sam and Heather, but I really did. I mean, Anthony would stay up. I mean, literally not sleep, so we mm-hmm. could do our like yeah. schedules for the next day. And I mean, it is it's totally crazy, but yeah, I don't think I don't think I, like I don't know. I'm I'm be, I'm beginning to like take care of myself more and like, but I don't know. I feel like it's part of it though. Still, like even when I like try to take care of myself and I'm like facing pre-production, I'm like, no, I feel like I have to have a couple of these sleepless nights and like not that's, eat that's a couple filmmaking. times. And yeah. Like that's, if you, if you exactly, join, if you want to be a filmmaker and you're expecting to get at least t- 10 hours of sleep every night, no. like give up, find a new yeah. career. Cause like, it's so true. The, the thing about this industry is you just have to be willing to do sacrifices. Totally. And whether that be yourself, your family, your friends, like something usually has to go, which is, why this industry sucks but at the same time it's great yeah it's it's and i'm kind of jumping around but it's cool because um you know you can you can also make sure that isn't a problem like my family and and close friends know that what it takes to be even Mm -hmm. if they're not in film they know like how hard it is like my friend noah who visited me like I told him before he came, like you might want to like rebook your flight. Like I'm super busy right now, and I'm like shooting a couple things. He's like, no, it's all good. Like I totally understand. And like you know, there was a couple days, and it was his birthday that weekend. I mean, Shout I was. Shout out I, to Noah. We love you, yeah, Noah. Yeah, we love he's you, so Noah. Great. Yeah. Oh my God, I, he's amazing. He's definitely gonna listen to this too. He's our biggest fan. But um, he's so fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I I canceled because I was supposed to shoot another thing, and it was gonna be on his birthday. And I like this, you know this is different. I decided to cancel it. Cause I'm like, all right, he already sac like he sacrificed his time for me to shoot these other things. Like now let me like, but it's cool that he understands that. Um, and that my family understands it too. Like they know how hard it is and, um, and just how much time you have to put in and all that. So just one more point on this and then we'll move on. Yeah. But I would just, I'd say, I, thought it was maybe you that said like there was four things that you somebody was telling me there's like four things that you you need but you have to sacrifice one of them and it's like health family friends and then there's like two others and i feel like somebody was saying that was it you it wasn't me, but uh, my friend always said that because that that is the hero's journey, right? The hero always has to be the one to make the sacrifices. Like if you and this is not a it's going to be a religious like example, but it's not I'm not saying it's true, false, this, that, the other. But like Jesus, right, whether you believe in Jesus or the Bible or not, just as a as a figure, a historical figure, he sacrificed himself for for the greater good. So that, that's like the, to me, that's always the best example of a hero's journey is like whoever the hero is, they have to be the one that makes the sacrifice because the one who makes the sacrifices reaps the most rewards. 
And that's like the whole circle of the hero's journey. And I'm not saying everywhere writer has to write like that because I I love like unique voices and I love like people that just have their own style and that's beautiful. But just as far as I I just know all the time I'm always comparing myself to like the hero and the hero's journey, you know, just because it does. I mean, we have to be the one to make sacrifices and that's like anything, whatever you want to do in life, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to make sacrifices to achieve what you want you know but you do get there that's what i want people to know (laughs) i would say the thing that i cut out in the four in the four things is health and i'd Mm -hmm. say that's why in this quarantine i decided that i wanted to lose some weight but you look great he does you've lost like 15 pounds no more so now that we determined what your needs are and if you want to cut your ties to your family or not (laughs) out of (laughs) pre-production i feel like we're still in pre-production yeah a little bit I mean, we always are. It takes, w- <laughs> it takes forever. <laughs> or do you want to, you guys want to just, just break down what you like typically? Yeah, maybe we get a little more specific. Do. Oh, Go I, ahead. I would say the number one key to pre-production is organization. Yes. That's the time to be organized. Yes. You can't have a mess in pre-production and decide to organize it when you're shooting because that just does not work. No, doesn't. And whatever that means for you, you know, it's like... Trello board, Google mm-hmm. Drive folders, sub subcategorized and it's like desktop folders with file yes. naming conventions that are all it's lists upon lists upon lists upon calendars upon more lists. It's like editing. When you edit a project, you go to your project, you make bins, like you put all the, the mm-hmm. selects in there, the sequences with the string outs, you put the audio and you know, the audio folder, yeah. the sound effects and the sound effects subfolder of the audio folder, the, the VO. And the All right, we're not in editing yet. But, but <laughs> because if you That's don't, later. yeah, if you don't do that, though, I mean, compared, it's 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 funny how they kind of mirror each other, pre-production and post-production, because, yeah, if you don't do that in your edit, then you're going to be like, you know, it, you're gonna, it's going to be a mess. And you're, it's the same thing in pre-production. If you don't figure out, like, have a folder dedicated to locations or, like, you know, or just like do one thing at a time and, you know, yeah. I would say, <laughs> I would truth, s- though. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I would say every stage of the process is equivalent to writing because you're writing the film at the beginning. You go through pre-production and you're probably going to even write another version of the script because things are not, you realize that things aren't going to necessarily work out right. That happens in pre-production. So you rewrite it to, to your uh, your situation you have another situation when you're shooting and you're rewriting again for that situation and then you're editing and you're realizing that everything in the edit room is not working from what you originally envisioned so you're also rewriting the movie again in the edit so you're just constantly writing but i like that Something that just brought my to my attention, uh, going back a couple steps in the writing process, is something mm-hmm. that you do, which I have taken in my own uh, music. Well, no, I, I oh. do the music. Yeah, I've already done the music thing. the The thing that you taught me that I do now because it it affected me is you start a new draft with the date on your scripts, even if it, you're not like changing it too differently. You're just continuing on from yesterday. You know, let's say yesterday was the you know September twelfth, like today is September 13th you're gonna make a new you're gonna duplicate your your 12th file and make a 13th file and like you do that for every day which I think is great because I never did that and I also didn't have autosave on and I lost like a few just great pages of one of my scripts but I was able to figure it all out and everything's fine but I wish I knew that before because that's just I think that's such a cool well then you can smart thing to do yeah and you can go back oh you know what I thought of this scene two days ago and I wrote it two days ago so then you can just go through your files and figure it out but yeah yeah that's why i was doing it because special piece we were hopping all i was hopping all around the place and editing and then doing this new draft trying a new beginning and then it was like wait i can't go back to the original because it's now all gone i don't once i like have deleted scenes it's almost like i never want to look at them i used to save everything like i'd save every scene i ever like written but then I don't know, like then I would just start like, I just don't, I mm-hmm. want to delete it. But, um, yeah. but I'm trying to save them now. I mean, I have them all on email, so don't <laughs> worry. I do that. It's comparing like pre-production and writing to, or I guess writing to post-production again. Sorry. But it's like, I do that with sequences too, because mm-hmm. sometimes like if you're editing for a director or for yourself, maybe you liked what you did in this scene two days ago 
Like if you just keep having the same sequence of deleting that scene because you don't like it anymore and then realizing you like it two days later, like it's gone now. But if you have, you know, if you do one every day, you can go back to it, copy, put it into the new timeline and yeah. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. Cause it, this, what we do is like, it's crazy how you grow so much during your project. Cause these things take forever. Even if it's a short film, you're writing it for a couple months, pre-production for a month and then you shoot it you've grown already in that three months as a person, just like, just like creating this thing and outside of that, that you're always going to have like a new perspective on your, your piece. So you have to keep like making copies because like you're, you're going to grow with it and you might, you might see it in a new light. And yeah, that's, I love that. And that is so true. You do grow with it and that's the most beautiful part, you know? And I think you gain more confidence as an artist and as a creative person like okay like I did that like I can I can do that now I'm gonna do something a little bit bigger or scarier but I I did that so I can do the next thing exactly yeah that and brings that, us and that brings us is that, is that enough you think do we need to do enough I mean I think that's enough for pre-production but, well obviously um, oh yeah if let you the producer tools. talk about yeah, pre-production. Yeah. I mean Let's get more specific with that sure. I mean if if we could set up like a a tool I mean you know if you guys wanted that we could a tool tot- list yeah, like a, you know like how you can like download Anthony has like Google Google Drive and you can download all Google the Drive Studio Binder Studio, Studio Binder, Binder there's yeah. like so many of them Studio Binder really is like everything it's everything they do a good job yeah. they so do easy. okay it's not my favorite it's not my but favorite but like yeah, yeah if it's you like need the basics they simplify it which is cool yeah, like if you need a starting point, that's yeah. Studio Binders, all right, you that's know. That's a good way to put it. But if in the future audience members want that, you know, we could put out a toolkit or whatever you call it, you know, for yeah. production. It'd be um, fun to make that. It'll help me just like relearn it. It's. I mean, Anthony was the king with it. Like you already had it. I like. I was so impressed from day one. Anthony had it. So yeah. I mean, but. I feel like, also another thing with pre-production. I'd say as directors, when we're going through making these lists for props, it just helps so much envision what we're about to create. Mm. Treatments? Just like, let's say I want to make a list. I keep saying props, but yeah, let's just say I'm making a list of props. (laughs) Then you're you're automatically... (laughs) I want to work at the prop store. You're you're picking them out, and then you're automatically, you're envisioning that prop in your film. And it's like that with everything, like costumes. You're... once you pick a costume, you're envisioning, you're now envisioning exactly what your character is going to look like in this mm-hmm, film. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I like about pre-production is how much you see the film actually come to life. Yeah, that's a cool way to put it. I do love that aspect of it a lot. I yeah. really do. And sometimes I've looked at props and like not been able to see how they were going to work. And then they end up working so well in the scene. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it, yeah. Making, I like what you said. That, yeah. Like you make a list and you kind of just, you see it all just. Exactly. <laughs> and then you try not to look at the little number at the bottom that says how much it's going to yeah, cost. Yeah. I was going right. to say, that's why props scare me because <laughs> they're so expensive. <laughs> But they're wonderful. They really are. And uh, yeah, there's just so much that goes into filmmaking. You yeah. Know? Props, locations. Uh, Costuming. Cost, yeah. Like hair and makeup. <laughs> I yeah. remember uh, when I was in college, I did this like two minute black and white film noir. Oh. And I was just, I made a list of like everything that I needed. And I was like starting to get really anxious because it's like, this is really only a two minute film. Why do I have to have this big of a list? But it's, it's just crazy how nitpicky you have to get to really execute the vision that you want. Yeah. But it works. Which you do in pre-production. That's, that's where you can be nitpicky Nitpicky. and then, you know, then you move on to production <laughs> then you move <laughs> and, and that segues us into production yeah the fun part um anthony but, do you get oh, nerd we oh. didn't talk about like in pre-production sorry like rehearsing and stuff like that too like that's a, like the mm. director side of it i guess so that's an interesting mm, yeah. um question that howie brought up because i've yeah because some people I, the directors i've worked with have never rehearsed like even yeah. as an actress like i've never rehearsed it's always just like yeah. you audition mm-hmm. and then like you're on camera with the other actors yeah and um i've never had a problem with it but then i'm learning that there's a lot of actors and 
like directors that would prefer to do rehearsals, which is totally cool. Like it's just, I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it just depends. It's really just depends. It's, I think I'm for rehearsals. If I can do it in the actual space that the film, that the actors are going to be in. If I don't know, I've done uh, table reads with actors before and it's just like, I don't know. There's just something about exactly reading the script and being there with them. I just don't know how much advice I can really give as a director in a table read. I'd rather be there with the actors. We're in the scene and then uh, toying with ideas. But yeah. Yeah. It's cool to, it's cool to just rehearse for me. Cool to rehearse like a little bit just to get a feel for what we're Mm -hmm. going for. And also maybe establish a relationship between if there's multiple characters but leaving, you know, play like time to play and and find things for the actual day. I mean, that's I've sometimes leaned into that method or like lots of rehearsal. On a, it just really depends. And like mm-hmm. sometimes it's different for different scenes. Like maybe this scene needs like a lot of rehearsals for it to feel a certain way, and this one needs to be more less rehearsed for it to feel a certain way. And it's, I don't know. It also depends on the actor because some actors like they have their own methods too. Obviously, you know. Sometimes you got to like sacrifice the way you wanted. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Depends. I've, I've done it differently so many times. I don't have an answer. It's a weird balance. Yeah, it is a weird balance, uh, with a director and an actor because just finding that performance that is exactly what the director is envisioning. And then, but also seeing the performance that the actor wants to give. It's, it's, it's a, you have to find a balance. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. I guess that's where I was just thinking. Like, I guess the casting is so important, exactly. which we didn't even bring up. But yeah, um, because I think yeah, if you if if the actors like nails it, then I feel like you. I don't know. I'm not a director, but I feel like you could. I feel like I would be able to trust their performance while still obviously directing them. But like, you can trust that. Like, okay, this person has this. But I know as a writer, I've had my work performed that was so not in the character that mm-hmm. I wanted. And I was just like heartbroken. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that's like how a director would feel. Well, was the director there to help you when you were feeling uneasy about your part? Oh, no, no. Sorry. This is, I oh. meant as a writer, I oh, had gotcha, an, gotcha. another actress perform my work gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. and it was so like not where I wanted. Um, and I felt like super sad and disappointed. So I'm like, maybe that's what a director gotcha. would feel if mm-hmm. during their performance, they're the actor's just totally off. But hopefully that wouldn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I guess it does happen, but. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we didn't talk about casting. That's the whole thing. Too. <laughs> well, this is also only an hour yeah. long podcast. And if we were to talk about every single detail about what it takes to make a movie, we'd be doing this podcast for about a year. That's about right. <laughs> Um, but yeah. yes, let's finally segue into production because I've tried to do it. For okay, <laughs> now you're forcing it. It was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Some production. Breaths. So yeah. now it's time to shoot the movie. Day one, <laughs> Anthony. Okay. Do you get nervous on your way to set? Always. Always. Even day two. Well, sometimes day two or day, day X, the day after day one, whatever day that mm-hmm. is. So sometimes day two, you're probably still nervous, but feel like it's oh i'm always nervous but uh even on day x day five day ten but it it's less it's not as like palms are sweaty knees weak arms are heavy vomiting on my sweater already <laughs> mom's spaghetti. spaghetti no but like what line is that it's, yeah, it's, it's lose yourself yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah like i feel like day 10 i'm still a little like oh boy <laughs> <laughs> but day one yes i'm like so nervous um trying to like not act like i'm nervous like hey you guys need water like <laughs> yeah, i don't know but uh yeah no, we know so good di- with hydrating <laughs> everyone anthony's the best we know if the director's running around asking people if they need water that he's probably <laughs> nervous <laughs> no but i like you know i just like i'm just giving shit no no of course i like yeah, I'm always nervous. Even like Spielberg said, he's nervous before every, mm-hmm. every, even where he is now. He said he's always just as nervous as he was yeah. making Jaws or whatever, which I thought was cool. Like I love that. I feel like you have to be. Like you're, it's vulnerable. It's it's uh, scary. It's 
I mean, there's a lot weighing on you and, but obviously you like want to do the thing too and you you love it and you're passionate about it. And I feel like nerves can come out of that, even though it's like a positive feeling, just like the, how passionate you are can cause a lot of nerves too. Cause you like want to make it this certain way so bad that I wouldn't say they're like bad nerves. Sometimes they can be bad. You know, we've talked to a close friend of ours who like was so nervous that he didn't want to the next day yeah go to the set the next day and I, I i actually sympathize with him like you know what i've actually felt like that a couple times where you like wake up and you like don't even want to go and like i wouldn't say recently i felt like that but i like when he said that i felt really bad because i'm like yeah i've actually been there before i know what that feels like um did something happen to him or he just he just i don't know what it we talked to him about it a little bit i forgot it was yeah. a great conversation that night, but I don't really remember too much, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those, those are bad nerves, obviously. If, like, just, yeah, just got to relax. Like, get a good sleep before. Like if That's hard. but th- Which is hard, yeah, because it's like Christmas morning and you're waiting to open that present, which is nervous. You're nervous to open that present. Good nerves. More bad. I don't know. I've, I've uh, gone on a tangent now, but. The feeling of being nervous is the same feeling as being excited. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Like my nerves for being on set is like excitement, you know, like Mm -hmm. you do have like a little bit of like, oh, but it's also like you're so excited. And if you love who you're working with, then it's like you're working with all your friends and you're like, hey, what are you doing? You know, as long as it's not a pandemic, you're hugging and you're, you know, like just encouraging each other and there for each other and. Um, but I imagine on like more serious sets, maybe it's like, uh, I don't know, a little more all business. I don't know. It's, but. it's always felt like, uh, like, cause I used to play like hockey and sports growing up. It feels like a big game and because you're going like, and making a film is, is you can relate that to a team sport, obviously. Like it's so much, there's so much teamwork and communication involved. Um, but yeah, like it feels like this big, this big game in the morning like you know that's that's really like as simple as a big game yeah i think it that's great because when you play a game you never know the score till you're done and that's just like filmmaking you never know your movie till you're done (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly and it's just it's 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 like it's it's not all on you like you got a whole team there with you obviously it's your like if you're the director it's like you know you're I guess leading this ship or whatever. Um, you're the captain of the team, but it, you need, like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes early in filmmaking, I, I feel like so uh, cornered that it's just me in this. But like, you know, you got your, mm-hmm. you got your. Uh, there's your a reason there's a you. tight end over there because he's gonna help you on that side. Or <laughs> well, like- that's what I, we're just <laughs> talking about like production and pre-production, and I mean, I know the first AD, and we just couple weeks ago had a beautiful lovely intelligent first ad Mm -hmm. um and i i think the first ad and if you have a second ad i mean to me they kind of run the ship or run the they're like you know like i feel like if you have those two people that are super on point and then your director knows what he's doing you're pretty smooth sailing it's true sometimes you you know if it's an indie thing you don't always have that though which is hard but um yeah it is key to have those roles filled for sure so like if you don't have it then it's all on the director basically yeah i was just gonna mention how when i was going to set for say by grace on day one how i wasn't nervous wow cool and i was psyching myself up because i knew i've always heard martin scorsese says it spielberg says it like if you're not nervous on your first day like it's not going to be a good film. So I was like, oh my goodness, like, I got to be nervous. <laughs> but I think, yeah. <laughs> I think interesting. my nerves, I didn't necessarily have them at the beginning, but I really had them at the end because that's when I was realizing all these pu- pieces of the puzzle coming together. And it's like, okay, well, how am I going to make all this work? Mm. So. And that's when you knew it was going to be a good movie. Or a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, moving on. Um, so you're, you're, you're in your car, nervous as fuck driving to set. <laughs> you get there. You and, get there. And um, now what? You start cooking. You got, you got the actor and you know, 
the light, lighting looks cool shot. Like you check the frame shot looks good. You start talking to the actor, doing a little rehearsal mm-hmm. while the DP and gaffer talk about if they want to go 3,200 on this or <laughs> 3,600, whatever. <laughs> and, um, like, I don't know. That, and that's the best part when you start like looking around, everyone's doing their little things. And then mm-hmm. that moment where you're like, all right, we ready. And then everyone draws their focus to the moment mm-hmm. that everyone was just, you know, doing in their own little ways. And then, you know, you start, <laughs> people can see me right now. Sorry, just, we're going to have videos. We're going to, we'll have a video feed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I look like Alex Jones. When like, <laughs> talk about conspiracies. <laughs> hands everywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then you're going through takes and like, you feel like you got a, a good take and now you're like trying things with the actor and finding moments like mm-hmm. that are very real and in the moment. And that's when it just starts becoming fun. Obviously you're still nervous, but it's like, it starts becoming fun and you start realizing it's like, Oh, this is why I do this. Mm-hmm. That's the best. And usually I get that feeling on day one always. Like there's always a moment in the day where I'm like, Oh yeah, this is why I do this. Something like that. I agree. And it's, it's different every time. I wouldn't say it's always like, but it's, it's always that moment leading up to like the focus drawing onto the scene. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, it's go time. Here we go. Uh, viewers or listeners, I highly, highly recommend to watch Hearts of Darkness. I think it's on Criterion. If not, it's like two bucks on YouTube. So definitely check it out if you're considering being in the film industry or you already are because it's great. I don't know anything about the documentary, but I, I do know that he was like wilding out during that process. I mean, probably wasn't the best guy um, during that. And no. I feel like he, that documentary gets praised and I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak on it, but just know that you don't need to be an asshole <laughs> to, I don't know. I don't know if that's, if, you can cut this out, but I feel like from what I've heard. That, so he, he, he's known to be an asshole. But um, that's not really what the documentary is about. No, no, no. The documentary is about, <laughs> So I do think, um, not to, uh, defend anyone who does any, I mean, I don't think Coppola ever did anything inappropriate with women to my knowledge. I mean, I know he had intimate relations with women on set, allegedly with his wife there. And there was what old fart doesn't to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, so hopefully that was all consensual and on the up and up and all that. So, but, um, but I do think he was just one of those old school directors that, um, yelled and screamed if he didn't get what he wanted that's what i mean is like it's funny because you see these documentaries of like big time filmmakers and you see these viral documentaries or or even videos on youtube of them like yelling and screaming and like and and it's like a really good film too like stanley there's like you know videos of stanley kubrick Mm -hmm. doing things that are like very unorthodox and, and and it created a great result I don't know. I feel like there's this little misconception that you got to kind of be, I don't know. Be an asshole. Not that be an asshole, but it's, it's a weird subject. I can't really like dive into it, but it's just, it's weird how it's, it's like, it's like when an actor gets praised for, for like, like Leonardo DiCaprio, like actually bled and broke his hand when he smashed oh, that yeah. skull and Django Unchained and like everyone, like you should get an Oscar for that. It's like, you like, you shouldn't, that's, you can still do a good job acting or directing without having to hurt yourself or be an asshole or yeah, hurt others. Yeah. I see. And I think that's (laughs) where, um, you know, as a culture and a society, we've evolved a lot. Right. And we're becoming much like more conscious of these types of things of like our needs and other people's needs and And animals needs and animals needs and the planet's needs. And it's all fuck a dog's purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Air buds. Air yeah. buddies. Well, I still like Air Bud. Oh. What's that? Sorry, we're getting off topic. <laughs> I don't even know what that one is, but I want to. Air Bud's great. Yeah, definitely watch Air Bud. Oh, it's a, it's a cartoon? No, it's a film. Oh. With a uh, golden retriever who oh. plays basketball. <laughs> there's also one where he goes to space. Oh. I haven't seen that one. There's a whole bunch. There's World Pop. Anyways. <laughs> Do you right, know, this is really okay, going no, off the rails. No, no. Anyways, <laughs> Wait, this is matter. Uh, uh, oh, we've evolved like into like a higher consciousness, right? So I've definitely noticed that um, there's a much higher sensitivity in film of, and especially with all of, like the sick, inappropriate things that like 
men and women, but especially men and men in positions of power have done through all these like decades and decades and decades. And now there's a light being shown on it. Um, Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. also I feel like, like younger men like you guys, and this is just not have anything to do with filmmaking, but just in general, you guys are so much more sensitive. Like I just really feel like I would never see either one of you on set yelling at someone. And I would never see you guys in real life mm-hmm. yelling at someone you love. Yeah, true. You know, and I so I think that that's like we're lucky that our society has evolved to that way. That yeah. that's not the norm anymore. And no, that's it a definitely good thing. isn't. You're right. You're right. I would say also my experience on set with people that do yell is a reason why I would never do that to somebody else because I know what it's like to be on the other other side of the spectrum. Never work on a set where your mental health is in jeopardy or your health in general is in jeopardy. Cause say something. Yeah. See something, say something. Always. Nice. Always. And I don't know, as a female, I guess that's why I do like having other females on mm-hmm. set. I'm not saying guys aren't aware of it because they, uh, you guys are all super sensitive. And But I do think having females on set, like we do tend to be a little more, maybe a little more approachable or if something is going on or something's, somebody feels something, I feel like maybe they might feel a little more comfortable yeah. approaching us. But I mean, whoever you need to talk to, talk to that's a safe totally. person if something's going on. Yeah, you know? this, is good. this is good stuff. That we're saying, like seriously, it's important. Mm-hmm. It's and it all has to do with production too. It does. It really does. <laughs> yeah. All back in. Um. But yeah, that's production. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> to leave production on a, a more uh, aggressive well, note, I guess. Well, we didn't really. So you're it's day twenty of twenty five, and it's not yeah. going the way you want it to go. Um, yeah. What I don't I don't know how to oh, answer. Day, oh, twenty. Yeah, so, I mean, I okay. don't have a I don't have a question. I guess. Um, As we, a producer, I would be terrified if it was that bad. Like, you know, I feel like by then you know I have a really good movie about mm-hmm. to be in the can, and like we need to do this, that, and the other. But like, I have total confidence. And if you don't, then I think that you should probably be rethinking some things i don't know but uh i pray that none of us ever get there you would probably the producer at least would be deciding how many reshoot days that's we need. exactly <laughs> right and that's so scary yeah that's why i think it's actually really beneficial to have an editor and a dit on set with you because if they're editing while you're shooting you could know Hey, we need, should pick up like just two more shots at the end of to, uh, mm. end of today because the dailies yesterday. I don't know how we can make the scene markers, just stuff yeah, like yeah. It's just, true. The more people you have on set to, and the smaller, bigger tasks you give them. Sorry, that's like a. No, I get you, man. So true. Though. Um, when like, everyone has a sole focus on like one. Yeah, yeah. but a very very important focus. Yeah, totally. Um. I think it just helps piece the puzzle together. It does. It and really it, does. And having that, that editor realize that you just need maybe two more shots at the end of the next day. Like you just maybe saved the production heaps of piles of money and you just made the film better. And this also goes back to post-production is like if you end up on day 20 and you're making the thing that some, I mean, obviously when your production things arise, like I said, and it, it can shift, it can it, no matter how much pre-production you did it could like shift a whole new mm-hmm. gear and go a whole new way but um something i do and this is for, like for smaller things and especially i guess more for music videos but i've done it for a short film before is just like in if you can in editing any editing software or storyboarding even but and sometimes in um i did this short film there was like voiceover and music and i was trying to figure out how it's all going to play and it, it took a lot of work, but I just like went through all the references in my treatment and find shots that matched this part of the voiceover. Had the actor send me a rough, rough voiceover, just like with her own intention of how it's gonna play. Mm-hmm. And I just edited the film with like just just little, you know, it was like a two minute film, so obviously it's more achievable. But I literally just yeah, like ten different videos that I downloaded off Vimeo, off whatever. And yeah, I just took scenes that kind of matched it and put it all together. I'm like, okay, this will, this, this will work. I think we need to change this cause this doesn't, this doesn't really play. You did and that with the Hail Mary video. And I did. Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, for that, it was more of like a tonal uh, music video, but now for music videos, I like, 
will like take the picture and I'll put it like, it's kind of like a moving shot list to the song. Um, but yeah, it's something I've been starting to do in film a little bit. It's kind of like moving storyboards almost. Before post-production, <laughs> okay. I was just gonna, I was just gonna ask what does normal set life look like? Nice. It's, I've been on so many and they're all different, but I feel like the ones that I gravitate towards that I try to put into my sets is, um, Oh, an open environment, a very like relaxing environment, like to the point where, you know, time isn't an issue. Obviously time, like you're, it's funny. It's like how you direct actors. You don't want to manipulate them. You don't want to, uh, results, uh, direct them, but you do want to direct them. But in this like kind of just unspoken mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. I feel like it's the same thing with how you're running a set. You got to just like, like, you know, your AD, it's, I can't explain it. Um, positive vibes for a positive movie. Yeah. Even if you're not making a positive movie, or if, if you're making like a harsh drama, it doesn't yeah, mean yeah. like this, I mean positive as in like. For an, a successful movie. If that's, yeah. But I mean, I can get more specific. I was pretty um, general, but, no, but there's I, ways I really to do that. I like that because yeah. that's how I feel too. Just, you know, as as positive as it can be you know what I mean and there's yeah there's sometimes people that you know but in general I feel like if you really have a great crew it Mm -hmm. it it goes well yeah it goes beautifully well but yeah I mean there's always going to be maybe like one person that's like a little like well they're kind of but okay just let just play along with it yeah and fun like I remember I did this music video and like um we had like so many setups in a 12-hour day to the point where you like oh they probably need another day Mm -hmm. And instead of looking that as like, okay, this is super stressful. The gaffer has to do this many setups with only a couple grips. Um, I remember we both looked at it. Like I was talking to the gaffer and we both looked at it. as like this fun challenge, <laughs> which I don't know how you do that, but it's like, I don't know the way like we were talking about it. It's just like the energy we were feeding off each, each other. It's just like, Oh, this is going to be. And then at the end of the day, it all worked out. And he's like, I had a real, I had a lot of, like, that was crazy. I had a lot of fun. And I was like, well, there we go. Like, that's, <laughs> I'm glad. Have, yeah, just have fun with it. Yeah. I love that so much. I mean, this is not mine, but I told, I told this to Brandon the other day, but um, this like YouTuber I listen to says like, think about it like this, it's going to work out best case scenario. And like, I think if you were to go to every day on set, be like, okay, today is going to be best case scenario. And no matter what crisis comes up, it's like, this is going to be best case scenario, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I you, like that. It, uh. I don't know. It puts another spin again, even if it's your placebo mind, it'll Mm -hmm. put like a spin on it. And I think once, especially if you're the director and you have that attitude, then everybody else is going to pick up on that. And they're going to like the gaffer, like they're going to get excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and it's, uh, something that's kind of like that. Um, I remember listening to a interview, uh, from like Elijah Woods podcast where he interviewed uh, Taika Waititi and he was talking about how he, how he transitioned from making like these small films in his hometown, like a uh, boy and stuff. And whatever was before Thor Ragnarok, it was like another kind of just smaller film, indie film. And he was talking about how you made, how you made that like harsh transition from doing this like safe film with your friends with a little bit of money to like big budgeted studio picture mm-hmm. that millions of people are going to see. And he's just like, all you really got to do is make the day. It's like, yeah. don't like, and Rachel. I thought that was a cool, cause that it really is easy to make the day. Mm-hmm. But like when you throw in all these other obstacles or I don't know. Yeah. Rachel Morrison and the Deacons podcast, she was talking about how transitioning from Mudbound, which still had a decent sized budget, but they were always, uh, tight on money and stuff Mm -hmm. transitioning from that to black panther was crazy budget wise but the feeling that everybody had on set was the exact same like Mm, both vibes were exactly like you still felt like you were on this this low budget movie that's awesome and roger deakins has said that several times in his podcast it's like literally money is not something you really think about it's just like there Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess let's talk about the editing process, real quick, because it's it, this is a long episode. Yeah, the assembly, the assembly, and selects. Yeah, selects. I mean, yeah, the whole like organizing post. Yeah, dailies. That sequences. That's, sequences. That's a whole thing. <laughs> Exports. Um, imports. 
But so you have your first rough cut and you're like, holy fuck, what did I make here? This is terrible. I don't want to show this to anybody. Good. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, as Martin Scorsese always says, yes. it's a good thing. Exactly. Your, your rough cut should make you sick to the stomach. Yeah. Another Scorsese quote. That is a great one. It's one I've always remembered. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think once I get a rough cut, I'm always like, okay, how are we going to make this thing work? And I think that's really what editing is all about. It's just making things work. Yeah. Whether that be pacing, story. Trying things. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. There's so many you ways can, to go about it. It's There's so many little things you do. Like, you could be like, oh, wait, this, this scene, scene number one actually works behind scene yeah. 20. Or you just like, just mix the puzzle and. Yeah. Rebuild your story. It's literally rewriting the script. Just it not is. in script it format. Is. It's true. Yeah, I mean and that's I, all we have for post production. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's I mean, I'm just not honestly, I'm not that um involved with post production. I'm not that passionate about it. Yeah. Nobody that's is. Who I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you just have, that's where you just like keep your eye on the prize, keep your eye on the prize and you just have to keep your determination and your motivation up because you're really, really close. But that's why a lot of movies get caught in this lingering like, oh yeah, we shot that two or three years ago and I'm still kind of working on it because it's easy to get into that mode. But, um, especially like on the indie side, obviously they run out of money and they're just like, whatever. But like, if you are just like, no, I'm making this and I'm figuring this out and we have to do this and you stay on it, you can totally, you know, get there. And within like two to three months, you can have a finished film if you really stay on it. Yeah. It's, it's easy sometimes to like lose the drive and passion after production because that was so like pre-production was so much. And then you move into production without a beat, without skipping a beat. And then you got all that going on and then you rap and it's just like, and you know, then, then you gotta meet with the, like, it's not done. Now you gotta meet with the editor or edit it yourself or whatever it is. And that's, yeah, I think that's why things can linger sometimes because you, in that moment from like pre-production production production to going into post-production there, you can kind of feel worn down or, which is okay. You can take a break and then, you know, get your mind off it and come to the edit with the fresh perspective or the dailies. Um, but, um, yeah, I've, I've worked on so many, like starting out when I first moved here, and when I was like gripping on stuff or whatever, I never see these projects, never saw the, the light of like, I know I was in the email chain to be like, yeah, like I remember I just got an email from one of the first projects I worked on when I moved to LA. I just got an email from the director who hired me like two years ago. She's like, this is like a, a couple months ago. She's like, I think I finally have a cut of blackout. Like I I'm, I'm so excited to share it to you with you guys. And I'm like, Oh wow. This is actually going to be shared to us. Oh my and gosh. She never, like, she she never did. Yeah. And she did the same email like a year ago or like, Oh, oh my goodness. My yeah. Gosh. And it's just like, it's like, I, I feel you. I've been there. I haven't like drawn it, dragged it out that long, but, um, for a short too, but, um, it is easy to, even if you are like passionate about it, but if, like, it's so easy to be turned off by one little thing. It's like writing. It's like, sorry, I'm kind of going on, but you get to page 40 and there's just like one little turn off or one like little obstacle you can't get around. And you just like, like, oh, I'll put it away for a second, come back to it. It's easy to just like stay in that that you know that uh that it's like <laughs> you're in this like uh you're in this like no man's land or something yeah, i've just seen purgatory. so many yeah purgatory i've seen so many filmmakers or uh, like aspiring filmmakers get caught there and yeah and then they never get it done and 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 it's some of it's like that's sad that was actually there were really cool parts there were like literally a couple things you needed to like cut or like move around and then like you could have had something there you know but people and a lot of it is like people we are so hard on ourselves you know and maybe if we do get criticism for the work some people doesn't don't know how to take it um and then some directors or writers or whoever they don't want to take the feedback that they're getting like they don't maybe you really do just need to cut that scene and the writers or directors so dedicated to that scene they love it so much but it's just not working and then like again whatever the reason you just have to keep your eye on the prize that's what i believe yeah I, that's what i was gonna say i was 
keep the eye on the prize and like we were saying earlier that passion like it has to keep flowing exactly because that's how you're gonna finish and another thing is deadlines you have to have deadlines if you're going to turn out an edit that's why say by grace got done literally in a month because i was like sundance is in september the deadline for sundance is september i have to have this done by sundance and it was actually in a contract that we had to have it done by by so that 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 time yeah hold yourself accountable i think that's like the same with production too production pre-production to production is you set that shoot date and then you have to make it yeah exactly and once it's done you got it scored you got it you you had to do a couple of sessions of adr because you know the the vending machine in the restaurant (laughs) forgot to unplug it and yeah you got everything done though it's all seamless it looks great now you're ready to show the world and and uh melt some hearts or or make people laugh whatever you whatever you're trying to do yeah, we will <laughs> cut it off there. We won't talk about distributing. Maybe we'll do that another episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll have. Yeah, we'll maybe we'll bring someone in for that. You yeah, know? yeah, like somebody who knows. I also want to bring in an editor someday because that's oh, the one to. department we haven't really talked about. That's true. If you like what we're doing, uh, please give us five stars, rate, review, and reach out to us at this industry life podcast on Instagram. Uh, this industry in- life this industry at at gmail.com and then please pretty please share our podcast with some of your filmmaker friends we want to build and grow our audience and uh we love you ciao thank you so much thank you for listening and i hope you guys learned something see you next week